Daily Draft Report. Set your DVR to record now. All right, everybody, welcome in to Daily Draft Report. It's your daily dose of prospect information for the NFL Draft, brought to you by Campus to Canton. Make sure you check out the Campus to Canton podcast of families. One, one of my favorites is the one that's airing tonight on YouTube at 9.30. It's the Debbie Debate. They go live 9.30 on Wednesday nights, and then Thursday it's posted as a podcast. So make sure you check that one out. It's one of the more fun ones. All right, tonight's prospect is Jeremy Ruckert, Ohio State, tight end, foot five, 252 pounds. And if you know me, you know I don't like to talk about Ohio State. So here we are. Anyways, and my guest tonight is Keith Ensminger. That, I didn't think about pronunciation. Is that right, Ensminger? Honestly, that is spot on, man. Good job. Okay. Good Excellent. job. Awesome. Keith, how you doing, bud? I'm doing well. And, I mean, I'm as you can see on video, I've got the Penn State chair behind me. So, I also don't really like talking about Ohio State. But we'll, we'll suck it up for the team tonight. Yeah, we will not call it the Ohio State. That's for damn sure. No, we will not. <laughs> <laughs> we will not. So, all right. And Keith is a fellow writer at Dynasty Nerds, and we've been in leagues together. So I've known Keith, been around Keith for a while. So he's a good guy. We're going to talk about Jeremy Ruckert as far as his uh, prospect blah, 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 recruiting profile. There you go. He is from Lindenhurst, New York. 28, class of 2018, he is famously, if you follow some of the famous, like the more active people on Twitter, he is Sal Lito's cousin, second cousin or something. He's related to Sal somehow. So Sal's been pumping this guy up. He was, you know, getting him in all the pigs leagues as a Debbie and everything. So I've, I've heard the name Jeremy Ruckert for quite a while. Anyway, he was a four-star. The 18th, uh, 24-7 had him as a five-star. He was a four-star composite. Sorry, I always get those mixed up. But he was the number one class, number one tight end in that class of 2018 per 24-7 sports. Had 29 offers, including Alabama, Auburn, Boston College, much better schools, but he chose Ohio State. Anyways. <laughs> You're also underselling the fact of that he was the number one tight end in that year because a guy called Kyle Pitts was actually rated under him. Ooh. He was the, Pitts was the fifth tight end that year. Right. And if he'd have went to one of those other schools, maybe they would have thrown him the ball more than 20 times. <laughs> Anyways, and Ohio, Ohio State, he was famously not used a whole lot. He had a couple of huge games, but I mean, 14, 14, ugh, 14 receptions his sophomore year, 13 his junior year, and only 26 his senior year. So his whole entire, entire career was only 54 catches, 615 yards, 12 touchdowns. So obviously not used a whole lot. And that's kind of a, what they do at Ohio State. So anyhow. Keith, what traits and attributes does Ruckert possess do you think that will make him successful in the NFL? Ruckert's a big dude. He's a, He's got a big frame. Uh, at the line of scrimmage, he is a uh, great a great inline blocker at the line of scrimmage. I uh, put him across from uh, pass rushers. He's going to lock him down. Uh, when he's floating out on uh, toss plays, he's got the edge sealed pretty well. As far as his passing goes, I mean – He's a red zone threat for sure. He caught 12 touchdowns on those 54 catches. So, again, I mean, the big thing is he's he's the enigma. He's the the unknown here. It's a matter of he has the talent, but is it going to be used at the NFL level unlike it was at Ohio State? You can see the glimpses there. He goes down the seam, uh, the seam very well in vertical plays on play action. 
and, and we have in the Dynasty Nerds film room, if I got to plug that, uh, we have an all 22 game. And oftentimes you'll see him floating out free. And the, I mean, his biggest flaw is that he's got Garrett Wilson or Chris Alave <laughs> or Jackson, you know, like he's got all these other guys open and, you know, records good, but he's not as good as those stellar athletes. And so who's going to get the ball? Not Jamie Rucker. So on design plays, he looks great. I mean, he's he has a couple of uh, of those 54 catches. A lot of them were designed hitches, uh, seam routes, and things like that. But it's just it's a matter of the usage. Is he going to get that usage at the next level? Unlike Ohio State, he does have the traits and attributes. He's not super athletic as far as like elite skills. He doesn't have like the you know fastest 40 times for a tight end. You know, he lumbers a little bit. He's not great after the catch, but he does he does run decent routes from what I saw. So it's just going to be a matter of where does he go? He does a lot of things you you want to see. He he made a lot of highlight catches. I can't remember the one. Uh, I wish really wish I didn't take a note of it, but it was one of the one of the championship games I think last year where he made one over the middle and got just absolutely annihilated. Yeah, you know, and it kind of sparked the team. You know, like I want to say it was the year before, actually. So anyhow, he's, well, yeah, in the um, in the yeah. twenty twenty playoff game against Clemson, uh, probably the biggest. Oh yeah, that's right. Year. Yeah, because that. Yeah, he um, yeah. he caught in the third quarter or the second quarter alone. Excuse me. Um, mm-hmm. He had two touchdown catches. One was a nice, uh, again, like kind of floating out the seam to the left. Uh, between two guys came down with a touchdown Ohio State en route to, you know, a big win over Clemson. So, again, I mean, that's the thing is, like, there's these glimpses of greatness that you can see in him. I mean, on the national level against the Clemson defense of 2020, there he is, you know, lighting him up. It's just a matter of you got to get the ball. Got to get the ball. Yep. Yep. And then amongst all those things, you see good hands, you Mm -hmm. know, good body control. Um, he he make he adjusts to the ball well in the air. Oh, you know, he only had two drops, but I mean, he only caught fifty balls. Anyway, <laughs> so take take that with what you will. Right. Um, but his his blocking will keep him on the field. He is absolutely he is tenacious. I mean, he wants to block, which is amazing. You know, you love seeing that in a high in a college tight end. And then he's got a really good release off the line. Like you said, his route running isn't particularly amazing, but he does create separation using his body. And, you know, using he's got pretty good footwork. So he's he's got a lot of things you'd like to see. And he's played at a high level at Ohio State. He's played a lot of big games. So there's a lot to like about him. So what about weaknesses? Keith, what do you see? Well, again, I, I would say, um, you know, going back to you know what you can see, uh, mm-hmm. his blocking is clearly on display. What I did see sometimes, again, like you said, he he finishes blocks. He is always involved in the play, even if he's not involved in the play. Downfield, side to side. I mean, he'll find somebody. I guess my biggest knock, um, and I don't know if it's really a knock, he's when the the defense is right there in the line of scrimmage, like he'll lock him up because he's just a big guy. But if he's going downfield blocking, a lot of times you'll get the you know the good old ole and you know a smaller defender is going to step out of the way, and it just sometimes just has a hard time getting his body turned around and back in the play if a guy is going around him. He's just he's not agile enough. He's not an, an elite athlete enough to get his body on those downfield blockers all the time. And again, it's not all it's not constantly, but 
I saw it enough that I think it's something that's going to be have to be developed. Right. That's I mean, we know the tight ends don't often immediately come into the NFL as an NFL ready prospect. I mean, so it's hard to knock him for that. I think that's extremely coachable. And I mean, you're also talking about the NFL. You have just in general, bigger guys, period. Uh, so I think he's well suited. I don't think it's something that is uncoachable. I think it's just, it's not quite a hundred percent there yet. Again, like I said earlier, he doesn't have the the greatest attributes, the greatest elite athleticism. So after the catch, he's not he's not your George Kittle type guy. He's not your Mark Andrews type guy. It, I mean, he's he, he he's not Kyle Pitts, right? Which right. I mean, if you want to talk about another guy last year, Pat Fryermuth. You know, Pat Fryermuth is also not Kyle Pitts, and. Is that is that okay? I mean, I think yeah. that's okay. It's just that if you're expecting Jeremy Ruckert to be, you know, this guy who's often out lined up in the slot catching seven, eight passes a game, I don't think that's what he is. I think he's more your traditional inline, you know, 12 personnel type tight end, which if in the right offense is going to get a couple looks a game, you know, hopefully more often than he does at Ohio State. But I think he does have the traits. And, I mean, as you alluded to, I think he's going to be, you know, coaches are going to be drawn to him because he's, he's, he's what you would picture as a tight end in the NFL level, like your traditional big dude going down the field. Right, yeah. The only weaknesses I had were all things, like he said, that can be coached. And has to do with his lack of use. You know, he wasn't asked to run a lot of routes, different types of routes. Yep. You know, he was a little inconsistent release off the line, but that could also come with, you know, more coaching, more repetition, you know, more knowing what his role is and defining what his role is. You know, mm-hmm. like you said, he's not an overwhelming athlete, but he's definitely a serviceable tight end that could that could catch some passes, you know. So I could see him carving out, you know, a, a small type of role. And I think his ceiling is probably like a, a higher tight end, too. You know, I, but, I would concur. Yeah. yeah, I would concur. I mean, that's yeah. what I'd but, be looking for out of him. I He's a red zone threat. So again, if you like, I mean, a similar guy, not saying it's the same profile exactly, but look at Pat Fryermuth's rookie season. I mean, not a ton of catches, not a ton of yards, but he had a ton of touchdowns. I mean, that's the kind of year you probably are hoping out of a guy like Jeremy Ruckert, maybe not right away even, but I think he's always going to be the guy who's going to get you, if anything, uh, you know, the touchdown scoring. Right. Yeah. A couple of grabs, 40, 50 yards and a touchdown. I mean, that's, you know, what, what you want out of a tight end two or a tight end three. So, right. all right. And then as far as draft projections, I mean, he's a day three guy, I think. I mean, I, I don't see him getting any higher than that, but is there a team or a scheme you think he would be really good fit for? Or? So it's actually interesting you say that because I, I sort of felt the same way, but then you look on the, the draft conglomerates and he's actually projected right now to be a late day two pick. Um, you know, now, Right. I mean, take that for what it's worth. I, I concur. I think he's more of a, you know, very late round three guy, top around four, maybe a couple teams that I thought might be decent fits for him. The Broncos pick late in the third round. They just got rid of Noah Fant. Their only tight end really of note is Albert O. And I'm not even going to try and pronounce it because nobody ever tries to pronounce it. But their, their, other tight end, their other tight ends are Eric Tomlinson and a guy called Sean Beyer, who, I mean, I'm not even sure his parents know who that is. But I, I feel like Denver doesn't have a ton of holes and a ton of needs. And, I mean, that would definitely be one area where I'd be looking to take 
Um, if I were the Broncos GM is, I mean, they have the receivers, they clearly have the running backs, you know, Albert O is equally as inexperienced and he's, he's not exactly known for his inline blocking either. I think that'd be a great fit in Denver. I feel like everybody says this with the chiefs the last couple of years, but I the chiefs <laughs> picked third at pick one Oh three. Uh, Kelsey is not getting any younger. He's going to be 33 in October, which again, I feel like we've probably said this for years now. But the only people behind Kelsey are Noah Gray and Jody Fortson. And Fortson's coming off an injury. I think Noah Gray is also both late round picks. I think Fortson might even be a UDF, UDFA guy. Uh, and, it, I mean, it's clear that there's a transitionary period in Kansas City. I mean, they got rid of Tyreek. They're trying to cut some salary with uh, the incoming bump in Mahomes' salary. So I think Rucker would be a good fit there. I mean, he's the the Andy Reid sort of prototype for his offense. And I mean, that's the thing is if the chiefs were to draft him, I mean, his ADP is going to, you know, take right. off. Um, I, in a similar role, uh, the 49ers draft in uh, pick one Oh five late third, I think for the same reasons, uh, George Kittle, he hasn't played a complete season since 2018. Uh, they have the right kind of offense for him uh, behind Kittle. They only have, Tanner Hudson and Charlie Warner, which again, nothing notable there. Uh, they have a pretty complete team, and I think that that would be a decent pick. And then, because he is the pride of Lindenhurst, uh, I know the Jets were originally looking at him, my my team, uh, but they also signed C.J. Zama and Tyler Conklin, so I would guess they're probably out on an early-ish tight end, but right across the stadium. Uh, the Giants. I mean, you look at who the Giants have a tight end. They just lost, if you want to call it lost, Evan Ingram. Uh, and so their starting tight end is Ricky Seals-Jones. And that doesn't excite me in any way, shape, or form. Uh, <laughs> and so, you know, the Giants do have a ton of holes. But, I mean, again, I mean, you always look for that hometown, homecoming right. type thing. The Giants pick uh, early fourth at 112, pick late third at 81. So, I mean, if they're looking to do something on offense because they just don't have anything else, I think it'd be a great fit for you know the stadium, the home team, and also, I mean, just the you know, being a Big Ten guy. I mean, he reminds me, I mean, I'm an older guy. He reminds me a lot of Mark Bavaro. Yeah. Nobody, you know, Mark Bavaro, if you remember him, you know, oh, yeah. big dude and caught passes and tight end. That's that's right. that's Jeremy Rucker. I, I've mocked him a couple times at the Bengals too, just okay. because why not? I mean, they, they don't, they don't need a target hog at tight end. You know, sure. they've got enough, they've got enough guys that need targets there. So I think he could slide right in there and, you know, be a pretty good tight end and they wouldn't have to use the draft capital on him either. So. Yeah. Right. And, and, this, and the thing with the Bengals is because he is such a great blocker mm-hmm. you know, on the live scrimmage. I mean, that's exactly the kind of guy they'd be looking for. And he has just enough passing talent that I think he'd fit in that offense now. Again, I mean, you'd have the similar problem if we're talking about fantasy in Cincinnati. It's like, what you know, is his ceiling C.J. Zama because we saw what he did. Right, exactly. And, and again, I mean, that's there's nothing wrong with that. It's a it's hard to start a guy like that. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that's probably what we're looking at with Jeremy Ruckert's career. All right. And then in rookie drafts, were you targeting him? Uh, Superflex tight end premium. Third round, fourth round. What do you think? Personally, I mean, unless unless there's like an offensive fit that I just love, somewhere where he's going to get playing time pretty soon, I would say fourth round. He's a pro. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, it's pretty well documented at this point. This is a very deep draft. There's lots of decent receivers, decent Mm -hmm. running backs. People are going to want to take a stab on. 
you know, I, I would just think that I would want many of those guys, not to diminish Ruckert, but more so there's probably other guys. If I'm on the clock and I see him versus, you know, a dart throw running back, a dart throw receiver who was drafted with day two capital, I'm probably picking those guys over Ruckert. So, right. you know, he is. I mean, he if I'm, if I'm only rostering, you know, a tight end that I need a backup or a tight end two type guy. I mean, that's what we're saying. He's, he's your tight end two that is going to get you a couple catches each week, maybe, and just hope for a touchdown. Right. Yeah. He's not going to be, I don't think a fantasy producer right away, even like how Firemuth kind of had a flashes last year. I don't even think Rucker's going to do that. I think it'll probably be a couple years. So uh, yeah, he's the guy that fourth round or just wait and get him as a throw in later on down the road if you love him. <laughs> right. That's kind of, yeah. So, all right, Keith, thank you very much for coming on. Can you tell everybody Absolutely. where they can find you? Uh, tell everybody where they find you on Twitter and what you're working on, man. Uh, my Twitter handle is at the Sming Dynasty. My last name is Ensminger. Nobody can pronounce that. So, everybody <laughs> Uh, so at the Sming Dynasty on Twitter, and I'm on Dynasty Nerds, writing a couple articles. I am currently doing another rookie profile on Velas Jones Jr., who is not as old as I am, but he's pretty old, so be on the lookout for that. <laughs> How old is he? I didn't know he was that old. Uh, I think he's going to be 25 when the season starts. Ah, he's dead. He was, born, <laughs> he, was, he was born in 97. I had to look at it twice. I'm like, this can't be serious. Crazy. Yeah, it's serious. He only two years younger than Malik Willis. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I think Malik's 25, honestly. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. You can find me on Twitter at FF People's Chat, this podcast, Daily Draft RPRT. Thank you all very, very much for listening. We will talk to you tomorrow.